0: good morning again family Man, that is a fantastic song a fantastic reminder i think we we tend to forget or if not forget we completely misconstrue who god is and what he does and what he's done for us in the past what he's going to do for us in the future man it is a good it's good to have that reminder of of who God is Waymaker, miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness and even though the sun is shining outside it's very dark out there and so we need that reminder as to who God is this morning we're going to talk more about this particular subject uh, um, specific to to Jesus and who Jesus is. Jesus asks a very specific question to his disciples about who he is and who people claim he is. And he says, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And that's the question I want to give to you today. Uh, What about you? Who, who do you say Jesus is? And, and I'm cu- curious if, if you would say that it, it aligns with what we read in Scripture. I hope it does. But sometimes, again, uh, things get ahead of us and we tend to misconstrue it. So we'll be in the, the, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 8, starting in verse 27 this morning. Gospel of Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 27. Uh, How many of you watched the presidential debates this past week? Not too many of you. For those who missed it, let me give you a recap. It was a dumpster fire. It was an abomination. I don't care what side of the aisle you sit on. (laughs) I don't care who you're supporting this election. But that debate is a, is a showing of the sad state of affairs that we have here in the United States. And, and not just, I mean, you, you tend to look at debates and of course you're, you know they're gonna disagree on various topics and things of that nature, but man, I, I, I've i seen better debates with, with kindergarteners. It is amazing what, uh, and <laughs> uh, I love my family. Uh, Libby came in and she's like, why are you watching this? <laughs> like well I'm trying to be informed. Oh, uh, man, I won't get that time back now. But it's interesting when you listen to politicians just in general, right? We we know this and they, they, we have this 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 preconceived notion about politicians, they live up to it every day. They have this this way of communicating, double speak. And you'd ask them what you believe is a very straightforward question. And they would come and with an answer like, wait, did he actually answer my, my question? How did we? Wh-? That's a totally different subject. But that's the way politicians often do things. They, they just often just, just talk about various things and they don't want to answer very directly. What, what, what you, you think is a yes or no question. Uh, is the sky blue? Well you see, I I love the sky. You know, without the sky, then what will we have to look at if especially if it's different colors and when it rains and you can send airplanes up in it and you get helicopters are in the sky and oh at night there's stars. But I mean is it blue or not? Right, because we are asking a question, and and I don't know if it's because they don't want to get caught up in giving an answer that can be dissected. Because I mean, that's a reality too. Whatever they say is going to get dissected and misconstrued and things of that nature. Are they so worried that it's going to get dissected they just they don't want to answer anything, or is it that maybe they don't uh, want to profess what it is they honestly deep down believe and understand and so in order not to alienate uh, people who might support them they just say well if I put a lot of words in this people think it sounds good and they vote for me anyway as Christians this is what I want us to be careful about because there is persecution in this world there's brothers and sisters across the pond that can't be assembled like we are here today. Even those of you watching at home, they they can't view any religious or or especially Christian doctrine or teachings or, or preaching or any services. People will knock down their doors, pull them out of their houses, and say, do you profess to be a follower of Christ? If we were to put ourselves in that situation, what might our answer be? If they asked us, if we are a follower of Christ, and if we were to say yes, and they said, well, who is Christ? What would our answer be? I'm praying that. So my, my job is, as pastor, is to equip you to be able to answer that question. Because it is a very important question and a very important answer. And, and one that you should understand to your core and believe to your core so that at any moment that you would be able to give an answer for the reason of the hope that you have within you. At a drop of a hat, you say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. Without doublespeak or equivocation. So there will be no misunderstanding what it is that you believe. This is what happens here in our text this morning in Mark chapter 8. I want you to be sure that you, you know and personally confess who Jesus is. Look with me in verse 27, of the chapter 8 of the Gospel of Mark. Here God's word reads, Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They answered him, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the prophets. Verse 29 says, but you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he strictly warned them to tell no one. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you today. Um, seeking your grace and your mercy thank you for uh, preserving your word for us so that we can open it today without any fear of persecution not just so that we can uh, have some head knowledge but so that we can have an intimate relationship with you father help us to see uh, who christ is and why it should matter to us and 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 help it to to pierce our hearts to pierce our souls and and then on the tip of our tongue so that if anybody should ask us that we are able to tell them who you are with confidence with strength with love help us to see that today in your word father hide me behind the cross so people might see more of you and less of me this morning, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, my Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer, in whom I trust. It's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. So here we are. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples, and he, he comes, and he asks the disciples what should be a very straightforward question. They've been walking with this man for a long time. They've seen the miracles that he's done seeing the, the conversations that he's had with other people as well as the conversations they've been able to have together. And he says, so I know there's talk. I know there's chatter uh, around the water cooler about the things that I'm doing and who people think I am. So, hey, fill me in. What are, what are people out there saying? What's the, what's the, the scuttlebutt as uh, <laughs> no term people used to say? What's being said? Jesus asked the disciples this question, Uh, but this is a question they've been asking their own selves. If you remember back earlier in in Mark, when they were in the boat and there was this big storm and and Jesus is, he's just sleeping. all the water and the waves are coming and and, and making the people uh, seasick. And I'm like, Jesus, come on. You see this storm out here and we're panicking. We might get capsized and you don't even care. And Jesus, he tells the wind, the storm, to be still. And it is so. And so, ever since then, they were like, who is this man? Mark 4 and 41 talks about this, and it says, um, when they were terrified, they asked each other, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey them. Who has that kind of power? Disciples give Jesus the popular opinion of what they've heard throughout their travels. They they talked about, well, some people say you're John the Baptist reincarnated. Other people saying you're Elijah. Or maybe you're one of the prophets that Moses talks about. Obviously, like the truth, there can be only one possible answer for the question. And so after hearing these varying opinions about who people say that he is, Jesus turns it back to them and like, well, who you've been with me. We've been walking together and I've been teaching you. Who do you say that I am? What about you? Now, Peter, the disciple Peter, he's known for being very impulsive, to say the least. and 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 there's we see here in a minute that he, where he jumps and speaks, and he's, he's very impulsive. But here, he jumps in, and he gives the answer. In fact, the only acceptable answer Peter gives here, and he says, You are the Messiah. You're the Christ. The meaning of Messiah and Christ, the meaning is the anointed one. Right out of the gate, Peter says, I know I know you're the Christ. Matthew 16 and 17 says, in Jesus' response, this is, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. You get a gold star, Peter. That's exactly right. But I know you just didn't think that up on yourself. I know you just didn't make that up. It come from somewhere, and I'm going to tell you, it came from my Father who is in heaven. It, it, this wasn't based on your experience. It, this wasn't based on your your head knowledge. It, it was based on the truth given and provided by the Father. So, Peter rightly just identifies Jesus as the, the one that Israel had been waiting for since the time of David. They were looking for a leader who would overthrow Israel's enemies and regather God's earthly people. This leader would make Jerusalem and Palestine the center of the world, establishing a perfect reign of God. They were on the lookout and ready to find and see this leader. Anxious to see it. This is probably had them uh, excited. Finally, we're gonna get this leader that's gonna overthrow all this, this stuff, all this oppression that we've we've had over the time. I was watching a show and a guy who is Muslim was talking to somebody else about how he has been discriminated as as a Muslim, and. Um, just people being against his faith and and things of that nature and he talked about how he personally didn't wish any harm on anyone else and he he wanted to find things that brought people together he's like look you know there's a lot of differences between uh, muslims and christians but we need to find things that bring us together the common ground that we all have instead of seeing all the things that might separate us and he said this, he said, after all, the God of Islam is the same as the God of Christianity, so there's no need to fight about it. Oh, ouch. Ouch. I say ouch because this is a common thing that people believe and they, they talk about. It's, you know, the, it's all the same, it's still God, right? It's just we call him by a different name, it's, it's Allah, it's, it's, it's Buddha. no that is that is not what the what the scriptures tell us about who God is and 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 what that is now it sounds really nice and it sounds very accepting but it simply cannot be true and this is very important it just simply cannot be true by his he calls Allah God and we call God God so they must be the same but but let me tell you this it's just as if um, so I call my father dad. Many of you might call your father dad. So it's the same dad, right? I mean, there's there's no difference, right? I mean, it's still da- their dads, so they're the same. Just as ludicrous as that sounds, my dad is very different. There's only one other person that can call my dad dad. and It'll be the same dad. I have one simile, it, But it, it sounds crazy to us to put it in those terms but very simply that is how it breaks down these similarities between Islam and and Christianity um, while there are similarities there are some vast differences and very important differences so Christians believe in one eternal God who created the universe and Muslims likewise um, would apply these attributes to Allah there's one God who created everything okay So both would say that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. Okay. However, the Bible is very clear that God has revealed himself as God in three persons. This is where we diverge. And it's a very important point. This is fundamental for us as Christians, as Christians. Christ followers, when the Bible reveals that God is one in three persons. This is something that there's an idea that we refer to as the Trinity. We have God the Father, we've got the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three of these persons are God, but not multiple gods. Or if we look at this diagram says god is the father god is the son god is the holy spirit but the father is not the son the son is not the holy spirit the holy spirit is not the father it's a cool diagram well how does that work i don't know i'm not god that's what this that's what he says yeah, when we get to heaven, you know, may- maybe it'll become clear to us. But I don't think that we're going to care at that point. But this is what this is where we diverge from other religions. Uh, so the, the Muslim would say, "Oh, this is a multiple gods. God the Father is God, and Son the God is, is God." But you you there are three different distinct gods, and like no, they're not separate. They're all, they're God three and one. And well, and then they will say, well, explain that to me. Like, I just can't. <laughs> but that's what the Bible says. That's how the Bible articulates what it is. This is the fundamental difference between Christianity and other religions, and it's foundational. And that's why we can't say that we serve the same God, because they would say that Jesus Christ is not God. And that is the price of admission that Jesus Christ is second person of the trinity it's important to know who god is and again while it might sound good it, it might sound open and welcoming oh man we need to just get together and and um talk about the things that that bind us together but this is the difference between uh heaven and hell this this knowledge and and acceptance of of who god is who god has revealed himself to be to us through his scriptures but i encourage you please read it for yourself and and to 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 work it through as well jumping back into our the gospel of mark let's look at verse 31 so after peter has proclaimed uh, you're the messiah you are the christ then it goes on to say then he began to teach them that it was necessary that the son of man to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders chief priests and scribes and killed and rise after three days he spoke openly about this and peter took him aside and rebuked him this is the impulsiveness of peter but turning around and looking at his disciples he rebuked peter and said get behind me satan You are not thinking about God's concerns, but humans' concerns. Up this point in in the Gospel of Mark, uh, Mark has been helping us to see who Jesus Christ is. He's been painting the picture, taking us along the journey so that we can see the things that he's doing, uh, the miracles that he's doing, the conversations that he's having. And now we kind of shift into what the Messiah is here to do. Now you know who Jesus is now let me tell you what jesus is here to do the gospels tell us that the king came so that he could die and now looking back on this for us looking back on hindsight we we kind of get it okay we we all know the story that yeah jesus lived and he died and but to them this was very strange this was very odd because they were expecting a king who, who came and would, would physically conquer everybody and just be on the earthly throne. A king who dies isn't what they expected. Family, sometimes God God and his ways are hard to accept. Sometimes what, what God says and does it's not easy for us to swallow case in point here he is talking to the disciples like this is what i'm here to do Um, i came here to die and matter of fact i'm going to rise in three days they're like no 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 that that, that's not going to happen peter's like what are you talking about can you imagine rebuking jesus so some of us are afraid we're so afraid of confrontation we won't rebuke our our brother sitting next to us like oh well they'll they'll get it somehow i'm not gonna talk to them about but that's what love looks like even though peter's wrong that's what love looks like that that we would we would go to our brothers and sisters and pull them to the side and say i think you're going astray I, i don't I want to make sure that that we're on the same page. But we're so afraid of of confrontation, of people getting mad at us, get out of my business. But this is as brothers and sisters in Christ, this is what we're called to do is to 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 be together w- with one another and encourage one another. Sometimes we go off the rails because of our our sinful nature and we need somebody to to help to wake us up sometimes got quiet in here. But that's what Peter was doing out of his love. He's like, look, I know that, that you're Messiah. I know that you're the Christ come to, 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 to do this, but man, we're, we, we got some things going on right now. You can't be going and dying on us. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. The king that we read about in Psalm Uh, 2 and and david 7 that will usher in the eternal kingdom that will rule over as as king and lord look very different than what this world expected god intended for this king to suffer he intended for this king to be rejected and be killed and and to be risen after three days they had no concept of what this would look like it needed to happen this was not plan b this was the plan all along the scriptures promise that this is um, this is the reason why He came. There was a debt to be paid, and Christ set out to pay it on our behalf. And even though God's will can be challenging, it's ultimately perfect. You know, I don't I don't believe that God caused this pandemic, but God will use this pandemic in his will, so that he can get the glory. Man, we're, we're going to celebrate on on October 11th with this worship night, and we're going to have some testimonies where people are going to uh, ex- tell us what God has been doing with them and in their families during this trying time for us. We want to get down and sullen about everything that's going on, and my, my life has changed, and I can't do the stuff I, I like to do, but God is at work. God is preparing us. He would use these things for our good so that we can give him the glory. Peter here is excited about the realization that Jesus was the Messiah, but he wanted nothing to do with him going to the cross. Man, where will we be if Peter had gotten his way? This is an example of, again, of Peter being impulsive, and Jesus comes and rebukes him and sets him straight. You see, Peter wanted Jesus to fit in his agenda. Peter says, no, this is what I think the king should be, and this is the box that I have, and what you're talking about doesn't fit in this box. He thinks he knows the kind of Messiah Jesus needs to be and tries to reshape him and redefine him. I think many of us can be guilty of this, can't we? And we, we have some ideas or thoughts about who God is and who Jesus is. and Well, I mean, this is comfortable for me. I don't think Jesus would do that to somebody or say those things to somebody. As a matter of fact, what I just brought up might be offensive to some of you. How, how dare you say that Islam and, and Christianity is that they're not to serve the same God? That's offensive. I don't think Jesus and God would do that. I don't think that would happen. We, we have these sensibilities. But God said, We we, we try to fit God in this box, and he's far too big to fit in any box that we can ever imagine. We want him to be in our likeness instead of us being in his likeness. Romans 12 and 2 says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So, when we're following Jesus, we might not understand everything that is going on we as a matter of fact it might not always be safe but it will be good it will be pleasing and it will be perfect let's pick up in in uh, verse 34 calling the crowd along with his disciples and he said to them if anyone wants to follow me Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit someone to gain the whole world, yet lose lose his life? And what can anyone give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, in his adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when it comes to the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Then he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they sing the kingdom of God come in power. Man, I could stop right there. That is some powerful and encouraging words that we hear from our Savior. Frightening as well. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. What do you mean, deny myself? The one who risks everything in the world, whether it be safety, security, satisfaction, or whatever it is in this world, Jesus says it will lead uh, to a reward that this world can never offer. You want to be safe? You want to be secure? You want to be rich? You want to be powerful? That pales in comparison to what Jesus has for us. He says deny yourself. When you deny or disavow or disassociate with somebody else, I think we we get that. When it comes to somebody else, we understand what that might look like, right? We we act as if we don't even know them, right? You you walk past them and you don't even look at them. You know, when you, you see somebody you don't like at Walmart, you're like, oh, there it goes, there it goes. Oh, man. you just like, oh, I'm looking over here. You're looking back the other way. That's That's how you disassociate. You disavow with somebody. But what does that look like? for for ourselves you see when you associate with someone else their their reputation kind of spins it spills off on to you when when something when you have somebody that you're associated with and and somebody they get a compliment or you're with a group of people and man i, I love that person they're so great like, yeah that's my friend yeah we do everything together right it, it kind of puffs you up a little bit you feel proud yeah, i love them too they're they're great people but if you're with somebody and you have a connection with them, you're associated with them, and um, they, they, they're getting criticized, what do you do? You jump to their defense. Wait a minute. No, no, that's not, I don't think, I think you misunderstood. That's, that's not what they meant. That's not what they said. They, they would never treat anybody. No, I, you're looking at it wrong. They would never do something like that to somebody. That's my friend when we're associated with somebody, right? Chicago is a big sports city, so we kind of know what this is like. When, when the Cubs win the World Series, it was amazing. It was amazing, all the people coming out the woodworks with their, their, their Cubs gear on. It was the one thing I love about Chicago is uh, since, since the very beginning, since 1908, they swore every year is their year. Without fail, this is, this is the year. This is no 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 this is the year. Last year was bad, but this is the year. Th- I love that about <laughs> Chicago when I'm I'm for those of you who don't know, I'm not from here originally, so. But it was it was kind of heartwarming to see, man, you guys are not fair weather, but when they won the World Series, then you saw the fair weathers come out. Right? You saw all the people the buying up the, the jerseys and the gear because they wanted to be associated with this winning team. They wanted to rub it in the face of whoever was uh, opposing. Their win was, was the the Cubs' win was their win, right? Oh, we did good today. We we won the World Series. Hey, you, didn't I see you out there? But that's how we are. But what happens when they lose? Oh, no, you see, there was all bad calls. See, the umpires, you know, they they just got paid off, and I don't know what was going on, but they just, they was bad call after bad call um, no man it was too sunny out there you know the cubs don't play well when it's sunny oh man and a couple of times it was cold they don't like the cold so i mean we got to have particular temperatures out there right we come to their defense because we're associating with them brothers and sisters this is what it looks like whomever and whatever we associate with is a reflection whether positive or negative it's a reflection on us so when you deny yourself or disassociate from your own reputation, you associate yourself with somebody else's. Thinking back to the, the sports jerseys, right? We want to walk around with, with me jerseys on, right? With your name on the back. That's how we do life. We walk around with our own jerseys on. We're representing ourselves. What, what Jesus is telling us is to take that jersey and throw it away. You're not on the me team. You're on the God team. You're on the Christ follower team. You're on the way team. You put a, a Jesus jersey on. Now, if you're going you're gonna to put a jersey on, that's you talk about a winning team. We already know the end of the story. We already know the end of the story. That Jesus wins. He's already done. He said, it's finished. When he gave his life up on the cross, it's done. We, we don't even need to preview. We don't, we don't need flashbacks and foreshadow. We don't need none of that. But well, we still want to wear the me jersey. Jesus says, deny yourself so that if there's any reputation, it belongs to Jesus Christ. John Piper, in one of his sermons, puts it this way. He says, what's the opposite of being ashamed of somebody? Being proud of them, admiring them, not being embarrassed to be seen with them, loving uh, to be identified with them. So Jesus is saying, if you are embarrassed by me and the price I paid for you, and he's not referring to lapses of courage when you don't share your faith, but settled state of your heart towards him he says if you are not proud of me and you don't cherish me and what i did for you if you want to put me put yourself with the goats that value your reputation in the goat herd more than they value me then that's the way that i will view you when i come i will be as you and you will perish with the people who consider me an embarrassment Brothers and sisters, I pray that we will learn how to die for Christ so that we can truly live. We have to know who Jesus is and be strong in understanding what Scripture says about who Jesus is. And if anybody asks, we should be at the ready Not like the politician, well, uh, you know, Jesus, he was a really good guy, he was a nice teacher. No, that's not what scripture says. Scripture identifies Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ. We should be at the ready if anybody should ask us who Jesus is. You'll never know when you're going to get interviewed for a newscast or something like that. Like, hey, you go to that church, First Baptist, and hey, (laughs) this will never happen, but in case it did, yeah. You guys believe in that Jesus guy? You can say, yes, we do. Let me tell you about him. The God sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, you believe that stuff? Yes, I do. He came and lived, he walked this very earth and never sinned. They say, for us, the wages of sin is death. That's the payment that we would do. But Jesus came and he paid that penalty on our behalf. Matter of fact, he paid it. And all you would have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you too will be saved. That, brothers and sisters, is the fountain of hope for all of us. That we're on this hamster wheel of going to do things over and over again. And we can ne- they can never get off that, but you can say this is how you exit that hamster wheel. Because the things you're trying to do, Jesus said, I've paid it all already. All you have to do is follow me. I I can't say all that stuff. (laughs) I don't even remember where you started. You can. You can. And the difference will be the people who get to hear that message It will transform them forever. It will make a difference, not only in your life, but the lives of people who hear it. This is what we do here. This is why First Baptist Bolingbroke exists. So we can help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ to thrive as a body of believers and to serve Bolingbroke and the greater community. So if you are a Christ follower here today and you say, well, I'm not sure I can have that conversation. Man, we'd love to have you here on a regular session with you. Let's, let's walk alongside you. Let's, let's help you have that conversation. Like, well, I'm just not sure about everything. I don't really understand all the stuff that the Bible talks about and says. I confess myself. I don't, I don't understand it all either. But the more that I read, the more God reveals to me, the more I understand. How do you get to know somebody? You, you get to know them by talking to them and spending time with them. That's what our God asks of us. So let's take that journey together. There's no long ranger Christian like you got to do it on your own. And God forbid you get your information from YouTube and Wikipedia. Go to his word. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, I I thank you again just for the preservation of your words so that we can open it up and understand um, uh, this time and past history and and how you were with your people when you walked among them and were able to to explain and, and show who you are father we thank you for being able to have this and we can envision it happening in our minds based on the word that you provided for us father help us to take that in and to internalize it understand who you are and why it's significant for us but let us not stop there so that we can go and share it to all those who need to hear it that we can go outside of these four walls and be able to share what is actually good news because lord this is a, a, a dark and dreary world but Father, we, we thank you that we can have hope because of who you are and what you've done for us, even in the midst of, of uncertainty and everything that is going on. Father, give us the courage, give us the strength, give us the love for one another that we would come together so that we can learn about you as iron sharpens iron, but we can also go together as an as a, a army for, for your team and then go out and to be able to share the gospel as well that we'd be able to go and serve Bowling Brook and the greater community, and people might know your name is proclaimed on high. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you all please stand as we continue our worship?